Hello and welcome to It's a Vibe, the podcast series that's produced by Talent International. My name's Ian Tyler. I'm the Talent International Group Chief Strategy Officer. And what we're really keen on doing here is creating something which is called It's a Vibe. So for our vision at Talent, we're all about building a better world of work for all. And what we want to do is educate businesses, both big and small, as to how they can actually start to do this as well. What we're really keen to do is bring insights and hear from people through real uh, life experiences um, and experts in employee engagement, communication, diversity and inclusion, and a whole lot more. And today, I'm really excited to be joined by Christy O'Toole from Salesforce. Um, And we're going to be talking today around a theme of, are you in the loop, really talking about all things corporate communications. Um, Christy's been working as a senior manager for Asia Pacific and Latin as the comms and engagement specialist for over four years. And prior to that, worked in San Francisco and Virgin America and Virgin Australia back here in Sydney. Understand that she's also got a little furry friend that may be joining us from time to time as we work through this. Um, and so without any further ado, Christy, thanks very much for joining us and good afternoon. How are you? I'm really well, Ian. Thank you so much for having me and for this opportunity. I'm very excited to be talking with you. Absolutely. So um, Salesforce and uh, a background at, at Virgin, Virgin Australia over in the US as well. I mean, two very large, very big organisations. I can imagine in terms of wrangling the troops and communicating with clarity and purpose that there's there's no real, <laughs> no real easy way of doing that, is there? It's just been such an amazing opportunity to work for these two brands. And You know, when I look back on my time at Virgin, so I spent six years in corporate communications there and it was so exciting, so fast paced. A lot of it was in in the world of crisis comms where, you know, I was on the 24-7 media line um, awaiting journalists to call me and, you know, Mm. just a very high volume of comms. And then when I sort of made the... Um, the step into HR with Salesforce, I thought, oh, like I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie and I love, I actually loved the thrill of, of the, the fast paced nature of the airline work. And I thought, I wonder if it's going to be the same. And it really is, I think in employee communications, it, it is so fast paced and it is so exciting and dynamic. So Yes, it is a challenge, but I love the challenge of it. Mm, wow. I mean, fascinating. When you think about those two businesses as well, the culture of those two organizations, certainly across the corporate world, is somewhat um, this alluring, aspirational thing that I think many businesses would say, God, wouldn't it be interesting to work at a company like Salesforce or at Virgin as well? But interestingly, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about that, certainly around um, Salesforce and the, the 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 culture of Salesforce. So, in your own words, how would you how would you describe the culture at Salesforce that really enables communications to thrive? Yeah, it's funny, Ian, because when I think back, when I was living in San Francisco, I was working for Virgin at the time, and I I had quite a few friends that worked for Salesforce, and they all loved it. 
And I just thought, whatever is going on there, like I have to be a part of it. It just the way employees spoke about it. And now I'm one of those employees. Um, and I think that, you know, in my own words, when I think about the culture, number one is just values led. Um, you know, since the company started 22 years ago, we've been guided by our four values, trust, customer success, innovation, and equality. And I know a lot of companies say this where, you know, it's not just something we put on a wall, mm. but I really do see those values come to life every single day. It's how we make our decisions. They are operationalized through the business. My favorite example of, you know, that value of trust is actually the way we run our employee opinion survey. Mm. So a lot of companies, when they run a survey, they will look at the results maybe in a a closed office or closed Zoom and then say, okay, what, what story do we want to tell about the survey this, this year or however often mm. you do it? At Salesforce, we actually publish the results using our own technology. It's a Tableau dashboard that we use so everyone in the company can see the exact same information. It's the same level of access that the CEO has, that a new hire has. And that's just, it's such an incredibly mm. like empowering part of our culture to see trust come to life in that way. So definitely values led. Secondly, I would say it has a real startup feel. And I know that that may sound not possible when you think about the fact that we have 60,000 employees, mm. like how can you possibly have a startup feel? And that was, you know, initially a concern for me in joining the company. I thought, how am I going to be able to take creative risks? I'm worried about the approval processes like that was a real concern for me going into the company. And it is the absolute opposite. Like, I feel like I probably should have more approvals, Ian, but I, I get to do a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of crazy things and a lot of fun things. And I think, again, it comes back to that value of trust that we are trusted mm. to make the right decisions. So mm. I get to have so much fun and really get creative in, in what I do, which is awesome. Mm. Um, that's exciting. And then finally, yeah. Really yeah. exciting. Really exciting. I, I guess the way that I, I like to, I, I wrote it down as you were talking, it's that startup vibe that you've got is mm. with, the, with the values that you have uh, that are really living and breathing in the organisation are more about that entrepreneurial empowerment. Give it a go. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and that, I think that's critical for most businesses. So t for an organisation the size of Salesforce, to still have that level of entrepreneurial, give it a go, um, I yeah. think is I think is amazingly commendable. Yeah, it is amazing, mm. and it's mm. so it it does make our work I think really interesting because you know when you compare external to internal, we do have fewer approval processes, so we do get to try things out and test and learn, and I think that. It's expected of us, but it's also what we what we love to do. Yeah, that that brings me on to to something actually. So when you think about that and how you communicate, what have you found works well internally? Have you got any tips or tricks that you could share that really talk about this is this is one of the best ways of communicating that you found? I think you know it goes back to advice that we've heard before, and that is to treat people how you would want to be treated. And so when I am working on a communications or, or communicating anything, really, I think, okay, well, how, how would I feel if I were to receive that? 
if something is too long for you to read, then your employees won't want to read it. If something doesn't make sense to you, then it's not going to make sense to your employees. So I think really putting yourself in those shoes and saying, okay, if this landed in my inbox, how would I feel? Um, so it's really simple, but I do bring that lens to, to, to the work that we do. Um, it's really simple, but just a think, feel, do model. So any time we're looking to communicate something, what do we want employees to think, feel, and do? And it's three words, but it is a really great way, I think, to align your partners. Like, obviously, we're always working collaboratively across the business. So we need to make sure everyone's in this, on the same page for those three things when we do communicate. Yeah. And I think so much of this is, you know, knowing your audience, know, knowing your employees and our, our role is understanding them and being their voice. So, mm. you know, I think a real pitfall in this role is if you try to go it alone, you know, come up with things and then send them out without ever bouncing them off other people. Um, I think that's where you, you know, people can go wrong. Yeah. The sanity check, the peer review. Yes. The, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just just going back to, to something else that you touched on before, actually, like thinking about um, the importance of communication around culture and thinking about, um, you know, what the business does by way of, you know, the, the feedback surveys that you've got, that, that, I guess, communication strategy, which is so clear, it's not curated. Um, it's really this is what it is, this is what you've said, so we're gonna put it out there. That mm. actually brings into focus those, a couple of things that you've just spoken about, which is that, you know, what do we want people to think, feel and do? How do we actually truly embody an entrepreneurial culture? Um, and what's mm. the best way of communicating to embed culture and values, which is total transparency and clarity, mm. right? So it's more of a statement than a question, but you know, what, what, what for me I, is, is quite interesting is just to hear um, how you're still quite invigorated by all of that after four years and it's not you know, the same thing that you're, you're wheeling in and wheeling out month after month, you know, quarter after quarter. You've got the ability to do something fresh and do something innovative and really be empowered to live that entrepreneurial spirit, which I think is, is fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, totally. So when, when thinking about um, businesses that, you know, may be listening to this and, you know, they operate in a very global um, organization or even more of a localized uh, environment, you know, we're going to have lots of different um, types of organizations listening to this. So when you think about managing across different regions, given your portfolio is significantly di uh, diverse, um, do you feel that there are things that you have to do to support localized cultures in their communication style. I mean, can you bring bring that into focus for us a little bit? Yeah, I, I think for me, you know, I'm, you probably weren't expecting me to go this path with this question, but I am a big Oprah Winfrey fan. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> love Oprah, nothing wrong with a yes. bit of Oprah. Yeah. I love Oprah. And, you know, when I think about my philosophy for internal communications, it has a lot to do with what she said on the last episode after 25 years on television. And she reflected on, you know, what people, of all the speakers that she met with, they had one thing in common. They had this real sense of wanting to be heard, wanting to be seen, wanting to know that their voice matters. And so when I think about internal communications, I think, okay, how do we do that at scale? 
So understanding those cultural nuances is so important because if we are out of touch with language, with what any sensitivities, then our employees won't feel seen, heard, or, or that they matter to us. So that is so important. And my team today, so we look after um, Japan and Korea, ASEAN, ANZ, Latin America, Greater China. So when we get together as a team, we talk about what makes sense in this part of the world and what doesn't. Um, and I think that language is a big part of it. You, you have mm -hmm. to invest mm -hmm. in, transla in translations because if you are communicating in English and that is not you know, the, the first language that's spoken, then we've already missed something there. So I mm -hmm. think that that's number one. I think that there are different styles throughout the countries that we operate in. Um, for me, when I was getting to know the India business, I did notice that it is a little bit more formal there. So um, many of our employees there refer to our CEO as ma'am. Um, so learning that and making sure in our communications, do, do we need to refer to her as ma'am mm, is something mm. that, you know, hadn't crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think Aussies and Kiwis, we, we see through the fluff. You've got to tell us how it is. And if we just present, you know, a rosy picture to Australians and New Zealanders, I think they'd want to they want to know what's really going on. So, um, yeah, again, I think understanding the differences is is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, with with that in mind, have you found that? different things outside of translation work better, yeah. whether it be technology, delivery of the message, when and how you deliver the message. I mean, what are some of those things that you might see in different different markets that we just may even work here, but we're just used to it in a different way? Yeah, I think it's really interesting when we look at our live events. And for me, when I you know, run the one for A and Z, I want to see live conversation all throughout. Like I want to see employees making jokes, having fun, banter. Yeah. Um, and it was really interesting because our team was sharing the results from a recent all hands they held for Japan and Korea. And it came through the feedback that some of the employees felt that it, it wasn't respectful to the le to the leader that there was live conversation happening while he was presenting. Right. And I just thought that was such an interesting insight because uh, like I want people to be chatting while our CEO yeah. is speaking here. To me, that's engagement. But again, it just shows it's different. So, you know, yeah. we need to be listening to, to that feedback. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's a difficult balance to get right, right? Yeah. It's, it, it's just no right way of doing it because different folks you know different strokes for different folks as the saying goes yes, um, I, yes. I do get i do get the notion though of um i've always struggled personally with being in a, a conference or whatever and someone's thrown up the twitter handle and hey jump in um you do kind of sit there and you're on your phone you look around the room it's like <laughs> is, is everyone listening or are they actually just sending a whatsapp hey what's for dinner tonight or whatever you know ordering a pizza yes. or where are you go like <laughs> it does make you wonder are they listening are we getting cut through so it, it's a difficult one it's a difficult one it today. is and I think when you hold a virtual event these days you have to assume that your audience is multitasking mm. you know it's just if you think they're going to be glued to the screen for an hour, you know, you're wrong. You probably wouldn't be. Um, and I actually was chatting to our head of marketing here, um, Leandro Perez, and 
about how he thinks about events. And he gave me such great advice. He was like, think about the TV commercials when you're watching TV, they're always louder. So when you're planning an agenda, you have to think of, okay, what are those moments where we're going to shift the content, grab the attention again? Like we have to consistently re-engage people. Mm. So it's been really interesting to to get better, I think, with virtual mm. events. Oh, absolutely. Well, think about that, right? I mean, we're, mm. we're all over. I mean, this is recorded. To, what our listeners won't know is that we can still see each other. Um, yeah. And there's only so many times that, you can get up and start your day and end your day with looking at people in a little square on the screen um, yep. without it kind of being a little bit fatiguing. And I think there's so many businesses all over the world. Uh, somebody said something to me last week, which I think summarizes this really well, which is um, the whole COVID situation around these types of virtual events. There is a saying that, you know, we're all in the same boat and this particular mm. person corrected me. And she said, we're all in the same ocean. We're all dealing with different things at different times. And some people have, fr have really thrived in this environment. And other people are going, I absolutely hate it. And I've got this fatigue. But when we are all impacted by the same thing, but some people do actually prefer this and the fatigue isn't necessarily there for them. But, you know, how do you how do we get that right in, in this modern world? Certainly a technology company that, you know, is the world leader in, in digital and cloud based communications and um, CRM. And, you know, the technologies that you guys take to market are all about success from anywhere. Yeah. You know? So how do how do we think about how we can make these types of virtual events more engaging for team members that may actually just be feeling a wee bit over this this scenario right now. Totally. I think we have such an opportunity to be smarter and get better. I think that through last year, we thought you could pick up the same working week, the same events and just do them virtually. <laughs> and I think this year we are smarter. We know that that's not the case. So I think that we overall, we have to be more intentional around our meetings. Uh, mm. One of the Trailhead is our free uh, online learning platform and we've just come out with a new module that's all about how to hold a mindful meeting and just really, really simple tips there, which are awesome. I also think that, and I'm sure you've probably heard these terms, asynchronous and synchronous, like what needs to be in real time and what can happen in a more offline environment. And that's mm. really, really exciting. And, you know, we are obviously experimenting with Slack and I'm even thinking about my team. I've got a team member in Singapore and a team member in Brazil. It's really hard for us to be on the one call. So how can I think about the updates that I share with them. Like, do I do a quick video message? So they're still hearing from me and they're hearing from me in the same way. And then when we do get together, how do we make sure that time is really meaningful and is a good use of our time? So I think that we're still learning, but I think that, you know, we're getting better and, you know, using our technology in a way that suits us and not letting it, you know, run our lives. It's, I heard this term, it's like, how do we hack it back and take back control? So I think that's interesting yeah. as well. Yeah, it's very interesting. I need to learn a bit of that for myself. I think that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. That's for sure. That, that's really interesting. Are you finding though that when you think about these cultural diversities that um, obviously that, that we've touched on already and how people want to consume information, are you finding that different people want to hear different things specifically. When I think about um, your, your, your CEO and or your regional CEOs all across the business, 
Um, mm. What is it that teams in different locations actually want to hear? We've, we've touched on the formality piece, but are there messages around that? Like, the, as you said, the Aussies and the Kiwis have got to just give it to me straight back. Um, you know, mm. good news or bad news, I don't care. Just give it to me. Um, but what are you hearing from different pockets of the globe around a business like yours that want to hear something about what's going on or what the CEO has to say or the senior leadership group has to say? Um, what are people wanting to be informed on? Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like there are some universal themes that people want to hear from their leaders no matter where they are. Um, and obviously I'm still learning and it, there may be pockets where that is a little bit different, but I would say across the board, I think people want a clear sense of purpose. So mm. like, why, why are we doing this work? Why does this matter? And helping our leaders to clearly articulate the why is a really important part of our role. Um, and I think that that why message may be a little bit different from location to location. I think that, yes, that that what's not working aspect is I do find that to be very much a, a Aussie Kiwi thing. So mm. be interesting to chat to our team to see, you know, is that as much of a focus um, as it is here? But I would see, say again, universally, I think employees want to plan. I think especially now there is still so much uncertainty in the world and how can we make sure that our leaders are you know, holding up that North Star and, and bringing mm. everyone on the journey? And again, I would say that is universal for us all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, j just thinking more broadly about that, like um, you can have these weird and wondrous scenarios in businesses where um, oh, you, you didn't know about that piece of communication, oh, but we sent it on a Slack channel in, a, yep. in, in, in an email. Um, no doubt there was a WhatsApp group somewhere. What's the best mediums are you guys finding um, that you can get cut through? Because honestly, um, I'm communicating with people in lots of different locations as well. And if I didn't pick up that one particular piece of um, communication through their preferred mode of consuming that comms, then yeah. they don't know about it. But like, how are you guys tackling that? What's the best way to get cut through on making sure that everybody knows what they need to know when they need to know it? It's such a good question. And we talk about this a lot. And I think the best thing we can do is, you know, clearly define our channels for our employees. So it's about taking a step back and saying here, where you are in your part of the world or your team, these are the key channels and these are the ones you should you know, really keep an eye out for. Um, mm. So if you see in Slack that that channel is in bold and it's a broadcast channel, yes, definitely go in and, and check that out. So I think being really clear on, on that channel strategy, I think that you know we use our own marketing cloud product um, to send out our emails and we still get really strong engagement with that. One communication we actually started through COVID last year is called the daily. It's a daily email that we send to 60,000 of our employees. And, you know, you probably would have thought, okay, last year that was time to over communicate, but it is still here. And we are having so much fun looking for ways to add dynamic content to this one email. So there is like 
an incredibly powerful way to scale, I think, across a large organization. So if we want to target something that, you know, only employees in India see because it's only relevant there, mm. we can do that mm. through Marketing Cloud. So that email is definitely cutting through. I'd say the other thing that has been really interesting for us is that in one of our recent surveys, we asked employees, where do you get your most valuable, what's mm. your most valuable source of information mm. at the moment? 75% said it was their managers, which is great. crazy, right? That's great. <laughs> the humans are communicating as well. How good is yes, that? Yes, the humans are communicating. So that was like a, a light bulb moment for our team to say, okay, so if leaders are the ones communicating with their teams, how do we make sure they have the right information at the right time? So I think, you know, tapping into our, our people leader community is really important as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and providing people with the the right kind of toolkits, you know, the ones that yeah. do that one-on-one -on -one communication really well is great, but you need to do one-to-many. Um, yes. You, and leaders need to learn how to do that better as well. Would you agree? Totally. I think one-to-many and the one-on-one -on -one communication is so important as well. And it's it's really simple for us to do that, you know. it's It could be as simple as providing a one-slider. Leaders, this is everything that we need you to talk about this month. Um, mm. And again, like you said, templates can can be quite magic in, in these yeah. settings. Basic stuff, mm. which I'm now yeah. going to kind of – I'm almost going to contradict myself here because the basics are – clearly standing the test of time you know mm. getting consuming information based on my leader great one page template great all these different yeah. tools and channels that are available to people which is again fantastic what what's the future of comms in your world and i'm really throwing you a bit of a curly one here but what what is the future of, of employee comms as well as more broadly corporate comms do you think what's on the horizon I mean, I think if you look at how people are consuming information in their daily lives, you know, we look at Twitter, Instagram, we need to be communicating in the same way to our employees. We know that there is, I heard someone say today, information tsunami. And I think that that is the case for everyone at the moment. So how do we distill it and make it really succinct? And I, I, one example of this is just a new series that we're working on here and it's like it's called two minutes with so mm -hmm. two minutes with Ian Tyler really quick video to help get to know you because we know that employees aren't crossing down the hallways like they used to so how do we create those moments of mm -hmm. connection for people I also think about to that point is just keeping it really informal and and where we can like we say how can we add a dose of fun um, and I look back in my, when I first started in corporate comms and we would start our emails with dear team. And now we would say something like, you know, Hey, and so it is much more inform informal and, mm. you know, with Slack, I'm using emojis and gifs as part of my, <laughs> my job. I never would have thought I would be sending out comms with like Seinfeld gifs, but I love it and I'm here <laughs> for it. So how do we do more of that? How do we exactly. keep it engaging? I, I would yeah. say the other really, really important, you know, looking to the future is that nothing can be static. You know, the days of the intranet being this clunky thing that you have to update, like that that has to be behind us. Um, mm. And I think that COVID showed us how important it is to keep maintain a safe sense of 
a source of truth, but at speed. So mm. if you produce a, an FAQ and you lock it as a PDF, by the time you share it, it'll probably be outdated. So that has to be live information that you're sharing with your employees. And I think that mm. that level of speed is going to, is going to still be a big part of our future. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's a, a, an excellent tip um, for anybody listening to this that can start small and as they grow. I mean, those types of things I think are invaluable. Yeah, um, I think I think I think that's great. Um, look, I, I'm really keen to kind of wrap this up where we are right now. I think that what you've provided here are some really nice an anecdotes and real specific insights around how businesses can really lean into this and and kind of beg, be, uh, borrow, or steal some of these types of ideas that uh, that you've been gracious enough to share with us. So. Um, so for anybody listening to this, you know, companies big and small, um, what would be your kind of final takeaway that people can really um, grasp yep. onto is if nothing else, you know, why, we should, why should we bother investing in this anyway? I think that, you know, those words, internal communications, for me, it's just, it's really about talking to people. And we don't know what is happening in people's lives, but if we invest in this, we get the opportunity to light up the hours that they do speak, spend at work. And, you know, that is just so amazing that the opportunity to make our employees feel seen and heard and valued, help them to feel pride in what they're doing. All of that is important because it flows onto our customers as well. Um, and there's a great quote by Tiffany Bova, who's our chief growth evangelist at Salesforce. And she says, the fastest way to get customers to love your brand is to get employees to love their jobs. And we get to okay. help them to fall in love with their jobs. So mm. it's not just a nice to have for your culture. It's, it's important for your company as well. Oh, I, that is, um, gives me goosebumps. A couple of things um, from, from my side. I'm absolutely delighted uh, to have spent this time and for you to invest this time with us. Um, very gracious with it as well. So thank you very much, Christy. Um, I'm keen to um, ensure that if anybody wants to hear anything else about what you've heard today, we will be coming back to uh, our audiences globally around um, some some tools and some toolkits that we'll be able to share uh, for, for, for our listeners. Um, and if you've got any more questions or you'd like to know more, you can get in touch with Talent via our website um, or you can reach out uh, to us directly on LinkedIn. So without any further ado, Christy O'Toole, thank you so much for joining us. And um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun.